It feels kind of strange being back in this chair in the studio after being out of it for over a week. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, last week, I know a number of you have been following closely what has been happening personally in my life. And many of you know that this past Tuesday, I had a second surgery for my bladder cancer uh, situation. And I'll talk more about that in, in just a moment. So we had to get all the radio programs done for last week well in advance because the hospital being a distance away from where we live, we decided because we did not want to drive in the wee hours in the morning on Interstate 81 when it's foggy and full of truck traffic, we went over the night before. Now, a little bit of an irony in this, we had done this once before and it was awful trying to get to that hospital in the morning hours that's why we decided to go the night before we didn't know exactly what time the surgery would be um, scheduled we thought in the morning so just as we arrive and are getting ready to check into our hotel we get the word oh your your surgery is for later in the morning so we could have driven over But you want to know something? I'm kind of glad that we did things the way that we did. It was a lot easier to sleep in because one of the problems I have had is a terrible lack of sleep. And it has been rather difficult at times even doing this radio program because with what's going on, I'm having to wake up frequently in the night to to go. And, And so it it was catching up and for whatever reason getting that bit of rest and not trying to get up and go made made it easier we got home Tuesday night and with a catheter I actually got some of my first full night's sleep in quite a long time for the entire week I was just flat out exhausted I'm tired um, as you can understand There's a lot going on. There's a lot we still do not know. We got a copy of the pathology report uh, last week and toward the end of the week. Haven't talked to the surgeon, but my wife and I have spent a lot of time talking to people that know a lot more than I do and doing the research on the terms. And, And while not as encouraging as we had hoped, from the first surgery, things that were missed, things that they couldn't see that were not checked and, and couldn't be at that time, but were now. It's a little worse than we planned for, but I don't think that, well, I'll just put it this way. I'm not worrying. I'm not going to be living my life worrying about retaining this life. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I I feel very strongly in this mission and ministry of this radio program. It was nice for me to have a week away from having to record this each and every day. Believe me on that. In the past, I was, yeah, there were times I'd get one, two, maybe three programs ahead because of, well, like when we moved and, and other things, but 
having an entire week where getting up Monday morning and there are no radio programs to be done Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It, it was, it really, it, it felt strange after doing this for two and a half years to take some time off. And I'm trying to figure a way as we continue on this health journey, there may be times that I'm going to have to take a little time off. I'm not sure the best way to do it. And as I look at everything going on in the world today and try to decide, you know, what what is the purpose of, of this radio program? What is the purpose of doing this as a podcast radio program? What else can be added to it? What needs to be considered? There's a lot in front of me and there's a lot that we've talked about in recent weeks that I want to get into on the program as well today. There, there are times that you realize it's just some of the subtle things you don't even pay attention to that are huge, that, that show where we have declined, and I say that emphatically, declined as a people, as a society, as even individuals. The media is a good example internationally and of course here in the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, everywhere. The the, the media today, especially the news side of it, let, let's let's look at like NBC, ABC, and CBS. Most of their television programs for entertainment are are nonsensical, sophomoric garbage. And they have they they push morals that are just indecent. But this is what we have descended to. We haven't ascended to anything. We have descended. I I pretty well had to stop years ago watching things on even even Fox Entertainment. It's become guttural garbage. It is not good for your mind. It's not good for your children. And yet this is the filth we're pushing into our homes. The days of trying to be family-friendly, the days of, of trying to hold to a standard are gone. The standard now is how low can we go? How obscene can we be? How much sex and violence can be a part of our entertainment package? And how much more can we devalue individuals and individual life? The news has become all about propaganda and upholding a political ideology, one that is actually anti-God, anti-life, anti-logic. Let me just give you a little example. And Andrea Mitchell, some of you remember who she is. She used to be a reporter of distinction many years ago on NBC. Well, now they've relegated her to, you know, the the bargain basement MSNBC, where she gives her opinion of the news and, and the views, and she's supposed to be upheld as some kind of a goddess because of her lengthy experience in Washington, D.C., and other locales. 
she's just a washed up has been if, if you really want to know the truth but she is useful because of her lengthy career and resume for the pathetic MSNBC which is all about everything. I mean, whatever they're supporting, you need to be against. Let me just put it that way. Whatever moral thing that they are, they're pushing is probably immoral. And let me, and once again, they want to make sure the world is only using the terms that they approve. Because see, if they can force you into using their terminology, They've already won half the battle of controlling the narrative. So she's interviewing or talking to a reporter at the Capitol building. And she's sitting there at her desk and she's talking to this reporter who's talking about a, a I believe, a congresswoman who had made a vote. And, and he used a term that, well... Andrea Mitchell found highly irregular and she needed to scold this reporter on the spot. This could not be allowed to stand. So listen to this little, this only lasts about 20 seconds or so, but just listen to this exchange. Well, she told reporters after the fact that at the end of the day, she was, as she described herself, pro-life and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me just, future voters. Let me just interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. I'm using it because that's the term she used to describe herself, I understand. Andrea. I understand. The godless left, and I call them that for a reason, hates the term pro-life. They despise it because they know it is true. And if that truth breaks out, their entire narrative of killing children in the womb disappears. Because that's acknowledging that what is inside of a woman is a living human being. They can't have that. It's got to go back to the 1960s, the clump of cells, the the unliving organism, like a cancer growing in the womb. We need to get rid of it. Moloch wanted you to get rid of your children too, thousands of years ago. This is paganism. She is a pagan at heart. I don't care. You can call it anything you want, but she, when she uses that and scolds a reporter, oh, that's a term that a whole group has. We can't use that term. We need to use the, the term pro-choice. It sounds more friendly on our side. We can't say we're pro-death. We can't say that we're anti-life. We can call them anti-abortionist, anti-choice. We can't call them pro-life because, see, if you call them pro-life, you have just demonstrated how intellectually, spiritually, and morally bankrupt we as a society have become. And this network that pushes garbage and trash and porn on television has become. Just like Hallmark. Remember Hallmark? 
One of those nice companies you could trust years ago to buy birthday cards for your little, you know, four-year-old or for grandma or for anniversaries or whatever. Then they, then they got themselves a, a cable channel. And years ago, it's one of those things you could watch. Not anymore. No, they've gone woke as well. Hallmark. We have to have gay, same-sex relationships in marriage now. Just what you want to show your kids. These corporations have sold their souls for money and they have been deceived into the lie that the majority of everybody is all about all of this nonsense. And you have to do this in order to find it. You know, I think Hallmark is beginning to learn that maybe some of these movies they produced were financially not such a great idea. Disney's discovering it, but they're still doubling down. But then again, this is what delusion does. You keep saying, if we just do more of this, it'll get better. And so that little example with just Andrea Mitchell, NBC News, now an MSNBC hostess. I probably can't even say that anymore. She has taken what credibility she had decades ago and she's trashed it. She has just disposed of it, flushed it down the proverbial toilet as she, it's all about, it's anti-abortion, it's pro-choice. Yes, gender is totally fluid. And two men getting married and adopting a child should be celebrated. No, it should be condemned for what it is, sodomy. But we don't do that anymore. And daily, day by day, we erode, we descend closer to the gates of hell with the gates ready to open to swallow those that have bought into this nonsense straight in. You know, doing this radio program, it's been an eye-opener. It really it really has. You, you, you see, if you think about it, a lot of good people avoid the news. My wife will tell me this all the time. I've got to turn this off. I can't do this. I can't watch this hour after hour. How, how, do you, how do you read all this stuff hour after hour? The answer is it's not easy. And, and last week, during this time after the surgery, I was very tired. I mean... I'm finally getting some rest. I'm finally catching up on some missing sleep that I so desperately needed. And yeah, we watched the news, but I didn't have to focus on it. I'll tell you what I was focusing myself on last week. I was focusing on the direction of this radio program, but most important, if God is granting me some time here, what do I do with that time to be productive, to serve him? Because I'm not, I'm not retiring until I'm forced to. 
And I don't see that happening anytime in the near future. I just don't. For those that are following, we thought the cancer that I had was called stage zero. There's actually a part that was stage one, which is still, you know, decent. And we're trying to get an idea of what the treatments may or may not be. It doesn't appear that it's gone to a point where I'm going to be losing a bladder and having radical surgery. It doesn't appear to be that at this point, though it could have been from what they initially were thought they may be seeing until I read that pathology report, and that was a bit encouraging. We didn't know for several days, really not until Friday, as we began to decipher this. And you know the not knowing sometimes is the worst, but but I, I just wasn't I wasn't worrying about it. It wasn't it wasn't consuming me. What was consuming me was this radio program. Some things that I know that I've got to jettison in my life in terms of some of the ministry things that I've done within my let's just say church body that are going to have to change. Besides, I'm old enough to retire away from some of that. And let, some, and let some other people worry about the nutsy, boltsy things. They're, they're people that are better administrators than, than I really am. I, it's funny. I don't have the time anymore to worry about so many weird things that are out there. Even within the church. I, I mean... I know what my gifts are in ministry and being an administrator, which is part of what my office and title would, would give me. It is something that can suck the life out of you. And I have more important things to do than dealing with personality issues and problems. I don't want any of that anymore. I want to put together a core of people like-minded that are willing to, I'm going to come out and say it. So your denomination has some rules, but there's no basis in scripture for them. So why have them? We have a lost and dying world and it's dying really fast. And the smell is pretty bad. It's rotting in front of our very eyes. And while we're busy fighting internal political issues within a church, we have a world going to hell. And what are you doing about it? Well, we don't do it that way. I mean, I've got churches that I deal with. And I try to explain what they need to do to grow. Well, we've never done that before. Well, if you, well, then you're going to die. Just shut the doors now and go home. If you're not going to be proclaiming the gospel, reaching out beyond your four walls, then you have no reason to exist. I'm tired of it. I don't need it. I realize that there are thousands, look, I'm not bragging. Believe me, I'm not. I'm just honored. I am humbled that God allows me this platform. And in the course of a few days, I reach more individual people than most church pastors will reach in a lifetime. I reach more people with this radio program than some small church bodies 
that are still trying to get their act together in the United States. Now, I'm not bragging on that. I mean, this is an awesome responsibility. And so, do I waste the time? Do I just give you the bad news? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I can tell you, here's a headline. Came out the other day. The Norwegian government is funding research to find out if white paint is racist. What kind of stupidity is that? But they're going to spend taxpayer money to find out if white paint is racist. What what kind of, this, this is the insanity we've got. A guy, a guy by the name of Dr. Samuel Goddick has some thoughts. If government is involved, avoid it. If government supports it, reject it. If government says it's safe, it's not. If government says it's true, it's probably false. If government wants to help, it won't. It'll make it worse. If government says you need this, you probably don't. Here in the United States, we have an out-of-control government. This is nothing like I've ever seen before in my entire life. As a young child, I was raised to respect law enforcement. I've actually worked for a period of time, though in the emergency management division, but very close within as a public information officer with a law enforcement agency. And I've met some incredibly wonderful people, but I've known many of them that have gotten so sick of all of this, they've retired. You look at agencies that used to be considered anyway, and at least in the 50s, like the FBI, they were they were stellar organizations. The G-Men. Elliot Ness. I mean, you know, the, the history is there that we all learned. But the FBI has become politically weaponized by one party, even when the other party is in power. We know that's a fact now. The FBI has done things, in my opinion, that are an anathema to the Constitution. They raided Project Veritas because they were looking for Ashley Biden's diary. Why? They raided Rudy Giuliani over Hunter Biden's laptop. They raided Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago over documents that they were already in negotiations on what to do with. Now, will the FBI ever raid Joe Biden or Hunter or any of his associates? Of course not, because they are now the Gestapo of a political party. They are the Stasi. They put fear into you. You will obey this ideology or we will crush you. The entire leadership of the FBI needs to be fired. And if you're thinking anything's going to come good out of this invest, you know, that, hey, we got a special prosecutor who happened to be appointed by Trump. You know, his last name is Her. Got news for you. He's like a Mitch McConnell. He's a Republican swamp creature. He's establishment. He'll whitewash it. Oh, I, oh that could be a racist term. I'm sorry. But I mean, don't, don't count on anything. It's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. 
There's no hope to get up. You know, we've come to a point. This gender fluidity nonsense is being pushed at younger and younger ages. There are, there's a mother suing. You may have seen this on other news sources. And, and I, I'm not going to get deep into this except to say this is all part, in my opinion, of a satanic plan. Purely a satanic plan. See, what happens? Now, I know they talk about men can get pregnant too, you know, and all this, this silliness. If we distort the roles of men and women and it becomes fluid or non-binary, and any of this stuff that didn't exist in thousands of years of human history, except in rare cases of honest-to-goodness mental illness, just like being psychotic. I mean, it's not it's abnormal and it's not that plentiful. But somehow we have these we have these demonic satanically inspired teachers in our public schools who feel that in preschool, kindergarten, first and second grade, we need to identify those children that are in the wrong bodies. And this is their quest. It's an obsession. And we allow it. There are a few other news stories that I want to kind of share with you before this this day is out. Before our time is out. You know, you look at what happens during Pride Week and how many police cars are, are painted with rainbows. NYPD, San Francisco, Chicago, doesn't matter. They all have to look pretty rainbow because it's Pride Month. Pride cometh before the fall. And God's word is clear on a lot of issues that the left, the satanically controlled left, and they are. They are Satan-inspired. They always have been, always will be. And it always ends bad. Contrary to what the left will tell you, Nazi Germany was a leftist government, not a right-wing government. Right-wing means less government, more freedom. Always has, always will. Trying to reinvent and redefine the terms like they do gender and everything else doesn't change the reality. The more to the left you are, governmentally speaking, the more government intrusion occurs into every aspect of your life. Those that push the pandemic and all that goes with it are pushing it from the left, never the right. They don't do that. And so the left tries to reinvent the terms and change it. The news stories will always be what they are. The battle lines have been drawn. And I will do my best to keep you somewhat informed of what is going on. That, that's part of my job. That's part of my promise to you. 
But let me, I'm going to share some thoughts on the other side of the break of what I think we can do with this radio program and some of the other platforms that I we have. And things that I, the, the time has come, the time is now. Now, I know I'll probably have to have some additional surgeries and treatments, so I may have to find people to give me a hand to get this program done. And I have no idea what the time schedule is, so don't ask yet. I don't know. I, I hope to find out. It could be later today. It could be tomorrow. It could be, th- I don't know. I'll learn more this week. Your prayers are appreciated, and I know your prayers have been effectual before God. And I pray that God's will be done. I pray the changes I need to make in myself to be that perfect servant for God is done. Not that any of us is perfect, but still. It's what I need to do. It's what I'm called to do. And this health issue made it so clear to me to jettison the things out of my life that are not profitable anymore. And some of that even has to do with, quote, church stuff. Time for others to worry about it, not me. Let me use the gifts that I have at the age that I am with the experience that I can bring to the table with the ability to train others to do some of the many things that I do to be a good servant and to be a good steward. That's what I pray for. You know, it's funny. I I came into the studio just for a few minutes on Friday. I mean, I literally have not walked into this room in our home since, oh, over a week ago. Like the prior weekend, you know, where we're talking back around the 7th or so. I, I just had to get, I mean, we got everything done. And at that point, I decided to, you know, leave this, you know, to get ready to for this surgery and leave Monday. And I came into the studio briefly on 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 Friday. We had had a, a power failure that was rather lengthy because of some winter weather. It's rare, but it happened. And the main monitor that I used to read the news stories was dead. It died. It didn't come, it didn't power back up. And I checked everything I could. And and I'll be honest, the monitor is, oh, probably 2009. And so it is like 13, 14 years old. It is served well, and it belonged to an older computer. Yeah, I have a couple of other monitors that are not that big, but they're used, uh, one for the recording apparatus and another for alerts. And so the main monitor was gone. And so we were able to get another one in on on Saturday, and so it is now installed. And, you know, it, it got here literally overnight, and I'll say one thing, the, the print is bigger, so for my eyes, it's actually easier to read, so there may be a benefit to this after all. And, and it's a better monitor for doing some video editing and some other stuff that I think we'll be doing a little bit more, we'll be doing some of in the future. Now, why am I telling you all this? I plan to be around. And... I still want to be on shortwave. I still believe that shortwave radio is vital and important. 
I, I, I get a lot of people that say I discovered you. I may listen to you as a podcast, but I never would have found you had you not been on shortwave. And I wish I could get more airtime and maybe even another station or two. But I just don't see it at the moment. We're just happy to get through. We're just happy to get through what we're doing week by week, month by month. But maybe you're listening and maybe you're catching on to some of what I'm saying. I'm going to explain a lot more about this ministry on the other side of the break. But right now, support is okay. I wish it was a little higher. I had to cover the little expenses like what just happened with the monitor. wasn't that bad. And it's no, I didn't get some expensive monster thing. I just got, you know, what would work. But would you consider a gift to this radio ministry to keep it on the radio? Remember, I'm an unpaid employee here. We, My wife and I invested a lot into this ministry to get it started and to keep it going on shortwave. If you can help, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. That's P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. You can also support us from our website if you haven't been there in a while. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. There is a support tab. And we are using Give, Send, Go, which is a Christian crowdsource funding organization, which has worked fine for our needs. And it may be more convenient for you. There's also, I believe, at one of the podcast sites, a way to support us uh, using something there as well. And there are a few people that use that from time to time. But just to let you know, your support is welcome and it is needed. I feel good today. And I hope to be able to keep this radio program going for years, maybe, if the Lord should tarry. But I also want to expand the work of this ministry as I jettison things that are occupying too much of my time. And, you know, and I'm going to share something on the other side. Let me just get to the break right now. We'll be back and I'll share more. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Praising and serving God in the wilderness. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Believers have a hard time with wildernesses. You know, hey, I'm going through a wilderness, or this person's going through the wilderness, or I'm having such a hard time, I'm in a real wilderness period. Well, you know, the first wilderness experience in the Bible came directly from God. And see, the Hebrews went into the wilderness because God said so. He said, let my people go so that they may serve me in the wilderness. Wilderness was for freedom. Wilderness was to serve God in. The Hebrew word for the wilderness is midbar, and the Hebrew word for to serve that's used there is is avodah, which means to not only to serve, but to minister and to worship. The Hebrews went into the wilderness to serve God, to minister and to worship. 
You say, hey, I can't serve God because I'm in the wilderness. No, not at all. All the more you can serve God. Well, I can't praise God because of what I'm going through. I'm going through this wilderness period. No, all the more worship him. The wilderness was the place to receive God's word and his revelation. The place where God's presence dwelt, where there were no distractions. You're in a wilderness. You're, you're going through something. Well, don't, don't despair. I mean, don't just say, how can I get out of this thing? But rather ask yourself two questions. Lord, how can I serve you in the situation, in the problem? How can I serve you in this situation now? And secondly, Lord, how can I worship you and glorify you in the situation, in my problem? You know, not how can I get out of it, but how can I praise you? And your wilderness will stop being a problem. It'll turn into an appointed place of God's calling, purpose, and service in your life. And the glory of God will come into your problem. And your wilderness won't be a wilderness anymore. Want more? Ask for the Midbar, the wilderness. Now, the free gift for you. The Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphires are the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus' special teachings, updates on Israel, world events, and prophecy. And secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. And I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to spread the gospel to blanket the earth. It's amazing. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying... Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Adon Hamidbar, Lord of the wilderness and the light of the world in his holy name. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. It was a really busy week last week in many ways, but also one of the first weeks I got a little bit of rest. So I feel a little bit better than I have been feeling in quite a while. And I just want to take a moment right here at the beginning of this segment. Number one, I need to thank those that helped me out uh, last week. Jim Calhoun, he did the Tuesday and Wednesday program. Yeah, I did record the beginning uh, of the program, but I had the opportunity to do that, well, over a week and a half ago. And then I had Dr. William Wong. He was just a blessing to have as a guest. And that left me just two programs that I had to assemble on my own, and that was Monday and Friday. And then I had the weekend to get the last tidying items ready. And then Monday off, we went to uh, another city for where the surgery was held and then got back Tuesday. And And I'm going to tell you, I've never sat in a chair and kind of did nothing for so long. I did a lot of reading, did a lot of thinking, did a little bit of praying. Funny, I didn't pray really about my health situation. I'm, I've put that in God's hands. And I am trusting him for me in this regard. It's all I can do. It's what I need to do. 
But I know that the work of this program, there's still a lot more to do. And I also, I'm going to share one thought here before I get into a couple of other things and then on to my final topic of the day. Had a person write me an email. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to say where it came from or who sent it. But essentially saying, you know, I don't know what talents I can give you. I don't know what I could do for you. But I want to help you in any way that I can. And, you know, there are a lot of you that have made similar statements in in the last several months. And as I try to explain, you know, one of the issues that I have in doing this radio program is being the research guy, the script writer guy, the producer guy, the talent guy, the editor guy, the distribution guy. And if I could... If I could, and then see, I've got to do the research on some of the ministry side, which I think is equal, is is probably more important than the news. It's real easy to find the news. You know, for for example, I, I about, I didn't know what to think. I'm watching the news and all of a sudden there's this stupid study out there that gas stoves are, are a danger and they may need to be eliminated because, well, look, this is all the climate fraud narrative which is designed to encapsulate you in a location to control you. If natural gas is eliminated, and by the way, I've read enough material about the cherry-picked studies they use to talk about asthma. They are cherry-picked and they're most likely fraudulent lies. I mean, if anything, as we've had more natural gas in homes, our life expectancy has gone up. So I don't want to hear this foolishness that's out there. They want everything on the electric grid. They want your cars. They want your heat. They want your cooking. They want your life on the electric grid. And they want to then get rid of coal, nuclear, and natural gas and go to this renewable nonsense which we already know doesn't work we've seen california don't charge your car tonight do you see them building anything for infrastructure out there no they're building infrastructure that is putting more demand on an already faulty failing and aging electrical grid We have more power failures today than I can remember from my youth. And I lived through the great Northeastern blackout in 19, what, 65? My mother blamed me for it, by the way. I think to the day she died, she she thought that I did it. Not bad for an 11-year-old. But everything is about control. If you have nothing but electric cars and we don't happen to have enough electricity today. And and then you got these cities that want to be, you know, the 15-minute city where you can only leave every so often. You're confined because of climate change. This is all a fearful lie to tell you how you are going to live. You know, in 1978, 
I can remember when natural gas was being heavily promoted as an alternative fuel source. I can remember the city of Toccoa, Georgia, where I had lived for years. I mean, they ran the natural gas company. The best heat, the best hot water, and the best cooking I ever had was in Toccoa, Georgia with natural gas and some of the lowest bills. I mean, remember commercials like this? Question, what energy supplies over half the homes in America? Natural gas. What energy travels through America's most efficient energy delivery system? Gas again. What energy is basic, potentially renewable, and could last for generations? Gas once more. Conclusion, America depends on natural gas. It's our most efficient energy system today and can be counted on long into the future. Gas, the future belongs to the efficient. So after 45 some odd years, what has changed about natural gas? We were told then that natural gas is pretty much a potentially renewable source. We were told it burns clean. It doesn't pollute the environment, which is true. We were told it's a very efficient source of energy, which is also extremely true. We were told in 1978 that it was plentiful. And we're finding out even more so today than we thought 45 years ago. We have hundreds of years of known natural gas resources. Some say between 250 and 400 years. Ready to be used. But now we use that evil name fossil fuel. It's a evil, dirty, burning, environmental, corrupting, and destroying fossil fuel. We're being told to believe another lie. Once again, we are being lied to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is all about control. And it's going to come, and I'll get to this in just a moment. By the way, World Economic Forum. Yes, the good old WEF. With, with Klaus Schwab, they're meeting this week. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And if you ever wonder what they're up to, all you have to do is look at their own videos. Go to their own website. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. The one thing you can say about the World Economic Forum is they don't even hide what they're trying to do anymore. They're behind all of this. And they don't care to, if you know, they figure that most people are dumb enough, stupid enough, ill-informed enough watching Andrea Mitchell at NBC or MSNBC now because, you know, that's where they throw the formerly famous reporters. They just end up at MSNBC to finish out their, what, their once stellar careers. They're going to use cyber attack 
fear. They, they mentioned pandemic. Oh, yeah, how they used that and how it was a, a great tool to usher in the Great Reset. Which makes me wonder, what is Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, doing there? Last I heard, he was heading to the World Economic Forum. I've called him a rhino before in this program. And if he's there, he is. I know that he does a lot and and wants to keep the flow of trade with China grow, you know, going. So, look, there are a lot of these fake Republicans out there in the Senate. We've seen them. Some even voted for that, you know, Defense of Gay Marriage Act kind of stuff. There are enough of them. I mean, look, I don't trust our government anymore. I can't. They have done nothing to earn my trust in like 20 some odd years. Actually longer. But it's getting so blatant now. It should have you concerned. We'll talk about the World Economic Forum if there's anything... Big that comes out, I'll I'll keep you up to date the best that I can as the week goes by. We are in a, a spiritual battle, the likes we've never seen. And one of the problems is, and I saw this article, and I'm just going to kind of glance over it and add a few thoughts. Revival is needed in the pulpit as church leaders abandon a biblical worldview. Do you think... Do you think that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America has a biblical worldview? Of course not. They got little pastorettes with their little rainbow stoles talking about same-sex marriage, transgenderism, love is love, Jesus is just a big ball of fuzzy love. There is no sin. You find that in the United Methodist Church, a lot of Presbyterians. You know it and I know it. You've got... You've got students at the University of Cambridge that used to be teaching theology saying that Jesus is transgender and they want you to believe it. You find chapel speakers on secular university campuses no longer, they they just will not be bought in, those that really believe God's word, they're bringing in the social justice warriors pretending they're chaplains. Now, I know there's a few examples where that's being fought, but it is not the norm anymore. If you go back to just last year, there was a survey of 1,000 Christian pastors across seven major groupings of denominations And I'll kind of break that down in a minute. Only 37% of the clergy in the United States today have a biblical worldview. That means 63% or pretty much two-thirds of those that are pastors, leaders, whatever you want to call them, presbyters, whatever you want to call them, Two-thirds are apostate. Two-thirds don't even hold a Christian worldview. Two-thirds don't even believe in the Bible. You're finding pastors of some some non-denominational and independent churches tend to score higher for upholding biblical beliefs. And what is frightening is that the number of those in some of the contemporary churches 
you know, with the praise band, uh, the skinny blue jeans and the singers and all that stuff, they're not that great. They're, they're only 39% of them believe in moral truth and biblical truth. Only 62% of even most pastors believe that human life is sacred. 37% have said that having a faith matters more than in which faith you have. In other words, you know, you can have faith in anything. There's more than one way. I mean, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. They're saying, not so fast, Jesus. We are lacking a biblical worldview in our churches. The majority, the majority of churches today are woke, broke, theologically dead, diseased, apostate churches. And we wonder why more than half of the United States, in terms of population, have zero affiliation with any kind of religion at all. And then of those that do, you're now seeing how that pretty well plays out. So it's a minority of the minority that are even true believers anymore. It's appalling. You know, 51% of adults claim to have a somewhat biblical worldview, but when you when you break down those worldviews, and you look at the seven cornerstones, meaning God is eternal, humans are sinful, Jesus Christ grants forgiveness of sins and eternal life because of repentance and professing faith in him alone, that the Bible is true, absolute moral truth exists, life's purpose is to know, love, and serve God with all of one's heart, mind, soul, and strength, In other words, what the Bible teaches, we are down, this is scary. Now listen to me on this. When you break down, 51% of adults in the United States claim they live according to a biblical worldview. But when you look at the seven, only 6% of the American population believes in even a majority of those items. So to some, God is not eternal. God is not a creator. Humans are really not sinful. Jesus is not the only one to grant. We don't need forgiveness. We should celebrate our sins. That's what the Episcopal Church does. They love sodomy in their church. They love all of this stuff. They, they thrive on it. You got this Lutheran woman pastor that is full of tattoos. There is nothing about her that... that that has any redeeming value. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans 12 too. In other words, the only way to see all of life accurately is, is through the lens of Scripture. Pastors teach what they believe. And if they go to these woke seminaries where Jesus is transgender or fluid or any of this other nonsense like Duke University Seminary, 
they, they've gone apostate. So many of the great seminaries that once were are now apostate you know, sewers of, of Satanism. And so I talk to you. See, the Bible warns us, be, beware of false teachers among you that will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Heaping upon, you know, you, you saw what was said to Timothy. They heap upon themselves teachers hearing what they want to hear. Look, I'll get more into this tomorrow. Because I need people to help me get the news part of the program done. I need to focus and be a radio pastor as well. I need to be able to provide you what you may not be able to get where you live. And the more time I spend just reading the news, the less time I'm spending in God's word to help and, and to give you the truth. We'll give you the truth of the news to show you the direction the world is going. We'll give you an update on the World Economic Forum and who, who was there that probably shouldn't have been. It's part of what we do here in this program. This past week reminded me of the of how frail life can be, and it still may be in my case. I don't know yet. We'll we'll know we'll know in time. But I believe the Lord is granting me enough time to do a significant work yet ahead. And and I believe your prayers will carry me through. Your financial support will keep us on the air. And those that God says, you know, I, I know how to write a script. I know how to go and analyze the news. Well, then help me do it. Go to the website, truth2ponder.com. You'll find my email address there. And the mailing address. I'll give you that in a moment. Let me know what you think you can do. If you can help us financially, oh, I would appreciate it so much. I want to see this ministry grow. I want to see others grow into this ministry, and I want to see it continue long after I'm retired, gone, or the Lord calls me home, if he should tarry. And that's why I always remind you at the, at the midpoint and toward the end of the program, maybe I should do it more. You can support us from our website, truth2ponder.com. You can also contact me. And if you would help us out or want to send a letter or any word of encouragement, the mailing address is post office. By the way, if you're writing a check, make it payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is post office box 510. P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. And we will be back tomorrow. I want to bring you some, I'll give you the news, but I still want to bring you some more encouragement and help you on your faith journey as well. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.